Hey K-Watchers, it's Leanne. And hi everyone, this is Juliette. Welcome to the K-Watch Party. Today we are recapping Love After Divorce, episode 12. And we are also recapping The Devil's Plan, episodes 3 and 4. So Juliette, today is Friday the 13th and in October. And uh, I was just reading an article, the history of Friday the 13th and why it's become such a superstitious thing. But mostly they're like, there's been data around it. People who are born on the 13th or on Friday the 13th compared to people who've been born on 12th and the 14th, there's no difference in like wages. Oh, there's no difference. No difference. (laughs) You scared me. Like, oh no, what's going to happen? Because something terrible did happen to me this morning. Oh, something terrible happened to me this morning. (laughs) But the article is also like, you know, when we have these superstitions, we look for the things to validate our beliefs. I would say that's true of many things in our lives, right? Horoscopes being one of them. We're always trading horoscopes back and forth. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is spot on. But we're just like kind of picking and choosing. Can I tell you about this horoscope? Because there's this woman, Susan Miller, that I love to look up, (laughs) you know, once in a while. And I looked up the October horoscope a few weeks ago. And guess what it said? On September 28th, you will have completed a communications project. And Ooh. she wrote in parentheses, podcast. No, she didn't. I swear. And guess when, on it. guess when we launched our podcast, September 29th. She's um, usually like plus mm-hmm. or minus four days. So, you know. I should look up my horoscope and see if she says the exact true. same thing. Because that should line up pretty closely. So... What happened to you today? Well, I we I usually wake up early, try to exercise, drink a chia seed and like ginger drink. And then, of course, I woke up at 7.45. My kids were, we have to leave the house by 8.15. We're rushing. And then as soon as they came home, I opened a cabinet door and then the vanilla extract tumbled out, <laughs> just splattered and glass all over the place, you know hurt my finger you don't have plastic vanilla extract nope, no definitely not you this have is a the glass chic glass Uranium. bottle organic <laughs> no to this morning similarly time wise right before drop off i get in a fight with my husband Ooh. and is it because i am an inconsiderate person who doesn't care about other people's time schedules or did we get in a fight because it's october Friday the 13th. I mm-hmm. would venture to say it was the October. The latter. I agree. 13th. It definitely <laughs> isn't me. Definitely. Never. It is never you. It's definitely the calendar against me today. While it's Friday the 13th here, it felt like Friday the 13th for Harding it and sure did. Ricky. They should be reading the horoscopes oh. for sure. <laughs> Susan Miller, call her up. So let's get into it. We have Love After Divorce, episode 12. It follows the couples into their week of cohabitation. We see all three couples. We start with Heejin and Jimmy in Korea. Again, looking fabulous. Anna, they really, they really look good. They look good together too. I think they're very. They've got a like luxurious vibe about them. Mm -hmm. They've got like a rich couple vibe. You know, drinking a little bit of wine on a boat with the sunset. It was gorgeous. The good times are short to be had. (laughs) Back at their Airbnb, they take a marriage compatibility test. The MCs say this is a trend in Korea for young couples to do this now. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because I think you guys have always put a lot of weight on like blood type. That's always been a thing, like blood yes. type and like birth dates. Like Chinese people too, a lot of birth date yes. forecasting of marriage compatibility. You can't get married on certain days, like speaking of the 13th. Like you would never want to oh, get married on right. a Friday the 13th, right? right? So we, even, even having 
babies. Like I'm part of this one large Facebook group of Asian moms. And some of them are like, my mom said, I cannot have my baby this year. And she's like, but the baby is coming. What do I do? <laughs> it, it, it sounds so you ridiculous. You burn some sage. You spray some salt over your doorstep. Yeah, what can you do when your baby's cooking in the oven? Mm-hmm. I was really curious about this marriage compatibility test. I think we all need this, honestly. Yep. I wanted to look up some questions. I couldn't find anything. One of the things it seems like Koreans are moving away from is blood type and birth date. And the new generation seems to be really focused on Myers-Briggs. That's right. Yes. When we're in Korea, I've seen these token machines where you put in a dollar and then it's based on your zodiac sign. So uh-huh. I am a I'm a boar, I'm a pig, so you go and you put in a dollar and then the pig releases a red plastic ball and you take a hammer and you crack the ball and your fortune comes out for oh, the year or that's whatever. That's fun. Yes, yeah, so that's super fun, but then this last time we were noticing there's a lot more of these types of tokens, but they're all Myers-Briggs. What? So the top instead of being your zodiac sign, it's your ENTP, ENTP, oh, wow. etc. So yeah. I didn't do that one, but I am an ENTP. I'm a debater. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm social, independent, goal-oriented. I think those are all right. I am also very disorganized argumentative, egocentric, <laughs> check, check, check. My husband also on Friday the 13th would agree with all of those. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting because I am an E-N-F-J. You're What's definitely the- a J. <laughs> J is judge. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's brought me to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If we weren't judgy it's- and debate- d- debaters, we would not be right. there. Um, ENFJs are... I am influential, loyal, reliable, genuinely kind, okay. passionate, yes. and firm in ideals and principles. That is very uh-huh. true. This one says I'm extremely organized with difficulty dealing with uncertainties. Again, as I mentioned last week, couldn't tell like in my house, but I do really crave organization, but I've just never been good at executing it. And so I'm in this constant battle of, I want it to be organized, but I don't know how to do it. Try. Open-minded and highly accepting of others. Hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. that seems contradictory to the okay, J okay, part. Okay. We're gonna pick and choose here again, yeah. like we do with other things. Jimmy and Hejin take a test. One of the questions is, "What are your partner's flaws or weaknesses?" Right. He writes like he's still courting her. Yeah. You know, he's very like she has none. Right. Like yeah. she is perfect in every right. way, right. and that is not helpful. For this exercise. It's not. This is meant to build a stronger connection and a foundation. But I think that dynamic was very reflective of how they're both feeling. He's still in the stage of, I'm not really sure. I don't feel even comfortable to say these kinds of things. And she's like, she had she had many things to write, almost ran out of space on that page. And then... Yeah, they were like... She ran out of space. Yeah. The ink and her pen went dry. <laughs> right, yeah. But she is very hesitant in this relationship because I think she's has her eyes wide open in this relationship as Mm -hmm. to what could go wrong, what she thinks are potential barriers, and she, I think, has a wall up. Heejin writes his weaknesses. He's all over the place. He's forgetful. He's stubborn about being right. He sounds like an He sounds like me, an Ian, whatever I am. Well, okay, that's so funny because (laughs) when I saw that, I'm still stuck in the old way because I was like, oh, I know his blood type. Okay, okay. And his blood type is most likely a B. Oh, interesting. Because being 
a person with B blood type, especially a male, is has like a very negative connotation. They're like oh. known as playboys, but they're also known to be like forgetful, very like self-involved. And oh. there's a really funny story about blood types where let's say there were the four of the A, B, A, O, and B were in a bar. And <laughs> the, I know, you know, Kermit. <laughs> Like a, like a kindergarten riddle. A little, little joke like uh, the rabbi he walked into a bar. And, yeah. One is a rabbi. Exactly. But they're all at a bar. And the AB gets really upset and storms out. Okay. So then the A, uh-huh. the sensitive, the AB is known to be like the brilliant kind of like unpredictable personality runs out. A, super sensitive, runs after them. Did I do something wrong? What happened? What happened? And then O, as the mediator, the one that is like the universal, mm-hmm. goes like, hey guys, come back. Let's like talk this out. And then B goes, huh? Where'd everyone go? Doesn't even care if he did something. He's like, huh? Guess what I am? You're B. <laughs> Indeed. Mm, wow, we're learning so much about each other through personality tests today. Every question as they get further along, as they're discussing it together, it just gets a little bit more somber yep. in the room. The yep. energy comes down. It gets more serious. Jimmy progressively drinks more and more water. That water bottle. <laughs> I was like, there's no more water in there, wow. dude. It's sip after a sip. Yeah. My God, is this guy parched or is he yeah. just... I mean, we felt the discomfort uh, yeah. in that room. I yeah. was like, very, I was getting uncomfortable because he was getting more and more upset. Yeah, he definitely, you could see he was getting into his shell. Uh, One of the interesting questions was, what one document would you like from your partner before marriage? I thought that was a great one. That was so interesting. She wants, I think they both say medical report. Yeah. She also sneaks in credit Credit report. report. (laughs) Hey, totally fair. As we talked about, debt in Korea is a real thing. Exactly. That's what I realized because, you know, as we mentioned, I think in episode one, People go into serious, I mean, people in America also go into serious stuff, but there it will like destroy you. Well, every drama, there's always a person in debt, like yes. a loan shark loan coming shark. after them, knocking yeah. on their doors, knocking on their family's right. doors. It's such a, it's such a thread it's so, it seems in so shows. common. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's drama trope or if that actually mirrors how people in real life take on debt. It's big enough where she is like, tell me what your credit is. Queen Bee says she would ask for a bank account yeah. statement. <laughs> I mean, you can hide bank accounts. Right. You can't hide a right. credit report. Yeah. What would you want to see? I would want to see the credit report and medical papers. I think that is really interesting because, you know, if you you know this person has poor health mm-hmm. and you'll be left taking care of their children. Yeah, that's true. This show is fascinating because they reveal things in such the reverse order. Right. That it, that's true. I don't know, like, would some of these people have gone together having known some of this stuff up front. Like, would my husband marry me if he knew I had high glucose levels and low iron? (laughs) Which I just found out. A 20-year-old's medical report will look very different than what ours look like today because I am now having to follow a woman named Glucose Goddess because (laughs) I need to regulate my glucose and not eat fruit in the morning, right? These are things that at their age, I guess, becomes more important. Because it actually unveils things that you yeah, wouldn't when it, you're in your It case. really takes the romance out of a lot of it. It's really like, does. you know, when an insurance company, they want to know your health report before they insure you. 100%. It's like they're going to be, they just know too much. Right. And I, it's, there's something about it that feels a little icky. It's, so it's maybe. It's invasive. It's like, yeah. what is this risk 
equation right. you're doing with these medical reports also. How much do you really want to know? Yeah. You know, a, a simple blood test on glucose, I think, <laughs> might suffice. <laughs> and then just don't feed him sugar in the morning. What other reports could there be? So there was medical papers. The other one was marriage certificate, which clearly both of them already know their history, so that one's fine. The third is credit report and income certificate. So like oh. maybe like a W-2 form. <laughs> Because it's like the bank account. Who knows where that money really came from? What? I want to know your your salary. I want to know how much is coming in bi-weekly. I mean, why don't you just ask for their parents' will and last testament? Yeah, give like, me your social security. Heck? Let me run the life scan background check. <laughs> what does the FBI have to say about yeah. you? Wow. Okay. Yeah, a little invasive, but a funny and interesting question. The last question that gets them really into deeper waters is when would you like to get married and exposes that she's not sure about marriage again i think her past really colors how she views the future because she said she doesn't want to intermingle their lives to the point where their families have to get involved which is what happened with her previous relationship because the the mother-in-law was like so uh invasive and like Mm. yeah into basically broke them apart and right. I, I'm, I'm glad they're yes. having these conversations yes. because a lot of couples don't until right. until you have the kids and then you're like what Wait. have I gotten myself <laughs> right. into so it's nice to see that they're having these conversations it is uncomfortable for both but great for us like so fun also I try not to do too much outside research because I don't want it to color my own viewpoints but I get now I get notifications on reddit of of like oh love after divorce there's a post and of course I clicked on this one because it said I am Jimmy's (gasps) ex-wife and she said and who knows you can you know it could be anybody but she it was a very like innocuous post she said um, I hesitated, but I didn't like how he portrayed our relationship as if it was sort of like my fault, but I was in a deep depression. And by the time I was ready to mm. like invest back into the relationship, he, he, he was already like, his yeah. mind was elsewhere. And, and then people responded like, oh, I didn't, I don't think he painted you mm-hmm. in a negative light, but I, it I was wonder, a little bit of like, she stopped working. Yes. She was it, in her it, pajamas. She made her see, it yeah. made, it did, he made her seem like she was a lazy a white lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lazy yeah. <laughs> white lady. But she said she's now married and has moved on. Oh, and, that's good. and it's good. But I was like, these people are also getting thrust into the limelight. Mm-hmm. And he had he had messaged her to tell her, hey, I'm going to go on the show. So mm. I think that was honorable of him okay. to let her know. That's a great Reddit find. Yeah. Next, we see Ricky Hadim. It starts off with their late night ER visit. <sighs> it is, again, hard to watch as a parent because we just feel for them so much. They go to the ER. I've been to the ER actually with my daughter in Seattle. Oh, you We're have. on a vacation. My older one was only one. She was throwing up all day, but we just ignored it and just <laughs> kept going to food stop after food stop she was in a stroller she just kept puking on herself we just wiped it up like it was legitimately like, she had a more she had what is wrong with you oh no she wasn't eating we were eating she could just sit there and have a cracker because she obviously wasn't feeling well she had a low-grade fever we just ignored her so we finally at midnight like, decided in our vacation yeah finally at midnight we decided okay fine let's take her so we went to the er at the children's hospital of seattle and it was so nice was it yeah and so i was not surprised if these guys went to that same hospital because they were only there in the er for two hours yeah it seems which is a very short amount of time so they have a late night at the er 
They wake up. Ricky helps with the older kids. Let's Hadim sleep in with the baby. Super considerate. He's just, he knows I, how tired she listen, is. Listen, I will say, he's a good guy. He's yeah. a good guy. You watch this whole thing. I don't even think it's for the show. I don't think oh, he's no. doing this like to put on a front. I you think he's genuinely a good guy. I think he sees the life situation she's in and, and knows that she is struggling. And, and he cares for he her. He really cares for mm-hmm. her. So I know I've like said some terrible things about, about him running him. away. And and I, I did reflect because I was listening back to the episode that we recorded last week. And I was like, okay, I made it seem like you shouldn't be with anyone that has kids, which is not actually what I meant. I, I think that she's just not ready for this. And like anyone that enters into a relationship with her is going to be on that struggle bus for a few years. Yeah. And it's a hard course, place to start a new is. relationship. Yeah. Yes. I also have a friend who messaged me and said that she went to college with Ricky and she said that he is such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that so many girls liked him in college, oh. which I was like, what? <laughs> but I see it. He's He is a very genuinely mm-hmm. sweet person. Yeah. I have to say for Hadim too, even in her tiredness, you never see her really lose patience with these kids in the middle of the night. You know, yeah. she actually speaks to them very nicely and sweetly. She's very patient with everybody. Um, yeah, again, another person we give a hard time to, but when you see her as a mom, she actually is, she's doing the best in her situation and doing it very gracefully, I have yeah. to say. It's not clear what day it is because laptops are out, but yeah, the kids like, are out. And then, honestly, why does she okay. have three okay, I, the, laptops the, open? <laughs> okay, I know I said we feel sorry for her and yada, yada, yada. Something about this is is so sus. Like, what is happening? She has three laptops. Has she never been on a Zoom before? Her kids don't know that you don't interrupt. Or like, or what? If I have a the Zoom, TV. Exactly. If I have a Zoom early in the morning and my children are around, I turn on the TV yes. and put them in another room and be like, it's, it's a prep situation. Yes. She looks like she got up. She has not washed her face. Yes. Coffee in hand, and then boom, three laptops are open, and all of a sudden she's on a call. Doesn't Ricky doesn't even seem to realize that she has a call all of a sudden? Yeah, he's he looks so bewildered, yeah. so lost, and then he's like, "Did I get bamboozled to become a babysitter?" <laughs> but also, like Ricky, there's a call. Just grab them I all know. and go in another room. Again, he's not used to this. Like right. we lived through the pandemic with children who were interrupting us, and he probably had all the space to yeah. just do what he wanted. He didn't have to figure out where the kid was going, right. so he did probably didn't realize. Right. Well, it's clear he it's doesn't just, realize yeah. what to do because the middle one is bothering her. She is just waving them off. We've all done that the, below the laptop, waving yes. them off. Yes. Scoot. I'm gonna kick your ass later. We see later Ricky takes out the older kids to go play he's very dad-like to them the little girl is very sweet she's thinking about her mom in that water bottle game she's like if I win this Ricky you have to buy my mom flowers she's such an older yeah daughter who probably is so highly sensitive to Mm -hmm. what is happening with Mm -hmm. her mom's life and and she's gonna grow up to be a, a great person but she's going to carry a lot of that with her, you know. She, the responsibility she, she has a lot of, of that responsibility on her. Of yeah. watching her mom all the time. It's very sweet, though. They bring the flowers home. She's so happy about it, right? Like, it must feel nice to have the man that you are falling in love yeah. with, watch your children yeah. be considerate, bring you another Starbucks, your fifth of the day probably, <laughs> and a bouquet of really pretty flowers. And her daughter knows her favorite flower. It's very sweet. 
later, it's the tensest part of the episode for them. Ricky meets the ex. The ex is dropping by. It's very convoluted. Why the this ex thing. is here, the who they're going with, what's it. happening. You know that like weird energy where you're like, oh, do I introduce myself? This yeah. person, oh, I don't that really was no. I will say Ricky, he handled it well, he you has know. Good and, composure. And Hadim straight up left him. Yeah, I abandoned uh, him on that stairwell. I'm pretty sure you guys I thought had six hours according to the timeline on the show, just hanging out. Right, that's right. Yeah. Why are you not right? Like if you are so nervous about this and she looks so nervous the entire episode, you should be prepped and like it should be a handoff and go. Yeah. So she leaves poor Ricky hanging out on the staircase. Poor ex-husband also Also hanging out on the staircase. Yeah. Nobody knows what to do. They end up having a very awkward man handshake. Yeah. The kids leave. House is finally quiet. Ricky and Hadim have a nice conversation. It's very serious. It's like a Hygiene Jimmy, but yeah. they seem to be more on the same page about stuff. I mean, she isn't hiding her situation at all. Okay. The ex is around. The pillows don't have pillowcases. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hide that's, those kids anywhere. That's a real state of I know. tiredness. If Actually, you don't have pillowcases on your pillow. Her apartment is even more sad than Jerome's. I mean, because she is just getting by. She is. But she has an excuse. On, Jerome doesn't. Hanging on by a thread. I thought Jerome's apartment looks better. He 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 spruced that he up after it. that mm-hmm. initial recording. We got some natural light in there. Yes. It looks better now. So that was Ricky Hadim. The most fun couple, I think, is Jerome and Bingham. Yay! Yeah, this I was excited for this. His hair looks exactly like hers. And the her, same tint. And, and his dad. And her dad. <laughs> her dad. The we, three of them are tripling. He meets her parents finally. He's super worried if they'll like him and concerned because he's eight years older than her, which is that a big deal for Korean parents? She's in her late 30s, so I don't feel like it would be that big of a deal. And she's divorced. And so in some ways it's like, oh, you found someone that you really love and want to be with. I don't, I don't think that many parents would care at that stage. Got it. We meet the dad. He has the same hair color as Jerome. And hair haircut. Yeah. He seems gruff. I, you know, I can't tell the the speak, but my husband was sitting next to me. He's like, oh, he speaks like a typical Korean dad. Oh, he, he sounded exactly like my father-in-law. <laughs> and I made my husband watch it because I was watching it by myself. I made him watch it. I was like, this is – and he agreed. He's like, this sounds just like your dad. Just typical Korean dad. So Benita and her dad go home. Jerome – is set to come at a certain time and he's late. He's late. That's tough. Yeah, that is not a good That's way to start off. That's not a good off. look. But again, LA traffic. It didn't look like there was any LA traffic, but that could always be an excuse. Everyone is so nervous. He comes in. You can just, you can just, I, you know, we've all done the parent meeting yeah. and it is so nerve wracking. Yeah, it is nerve wracking. I also think that a Korean person meeting Korean in-laws is probably more nerve-wracking because if you grew up in any immigrant household you have some semblance of of what's expected but you don't know what the other family expects of you I think if you lived in Korea everyone has this sort of like same set of expectations like for example he was bowing and then he looked he didn't put his eyes down and I was like oh that could be seen as disrespectful little things or even like the way the formality in which he's speaking it wasn't his, formal his Korean, enough. I think, is not perfect. 
Um, and he would like trail his words, his like sentences would trail a little bit. And I'm like, maybe they would think that's what's just disrespectful. It's I hard see. to know, you mm-hmm. know, so you could be making errors at everything or like mm-hmm. giving the rap napkin in the wrong way. Uh, as, as I have done, I tore a paper towel in half and handed it to my father-in-law. <laughs> now, granted, this is many years into marriage and it was spoken about behind my back <laughs> as a real problem. So, but see, in some families, mm-hmm. that would be seen as, oh, she's being economical. So, you know, you just, I, I feel like that's why it's nerve wracking because you're like, I don't know. Are they going to think this is terrible? It was bounty, extra thick towel. Yeah, that's good, some good stuff. Yeah, exactly. What, what was your first time like? I met his mom first. It wasn't in someone's home, which I think makes it a little easier. Yeah. When you're out the at a restaurant. Yeah, there's a lot of like ambient noise, people coming in to interrupt. Distractions. Yes. There's a lot of less like you don't have to host and and there's expectations of what you're supposed to be doing for the other person. Right. It's really just kind of like meet and chat. It was fine. But yeah, no, the faux pas came later. <laughs> Wait, when it was too late. So do you have sort of a notebook list of all the things now that you know that you should be doing or should yes. not be doing? So you're not ripping um, I'm not paper ripping towels paper. anymore. No, we have cloth napkins for meals right. now. They're not big things. Oh, oh, this is a big one. I don't know if your family does this, but my husband's family, if somebody is coming or leaving, there's always an acknowledgement, which is fine, but there's always a getting up and meeting them at the door yes. or following them to the door yes. to see them away. Yes. That is Absolutely. not a thing. Oh, that's not a thing. It's definitely so you're like just a like, hi, hey, bye, bye yeah. you know, but you don't get up. And uh, I had to learn that because uh, I would sit on the sofa and be like, yo, peace out. <laughs> Enjoy shopping. And then like, have up, a good flight up. back to Korea. Get up, get up. I'm like, okay. My grandparents on my mom's side were very formal. And my grandfather, if you didn't stand up when he came in mm-hmm. or you had your feet on the coffee table while he's sitting next to you. Ooh, one really? of my cousins. Ooh, you were done with. And you would never pick up your spoon before he started mm. eating, things like that. And so those were really ingrained in me. Not so much for my husband. And so I have to do the same with him. When my parents are here, I'd be like, get up. You gotta mm-hmm. go and say hi. Or yes. go say bye, you know? Yeah. He's not used to that. Jerome is late. He, maybe you're saying, isn't as formal as he should be. But he cracks... The yeah, ice. but he he, he melts really it knows how to with his humor. Yeah, and He's his dad jokey kind of way of talking. So it sounds like the parents like him. The dad seems to have a warm feeling towards him. Yeah. The mom might be a little bit more on the fence. I think the car <laughs> and the jokes. <laughs> She's dead. She she's thought like, it was a yellow taxi, a immature, cacao taxi. Cacao taxi might be a little immature. He's so proud of her. He still carries her photo. That was adorable. That, that's so sweet. It's very sweet. Uh, I love that she's like, don't show the picture. I got too much work Wait, done. I, I, okay, so that part I was like, wow. Whoever did her eyes and her nose, you could not tell at all. I mean, she might be joking. No, then I look closely. Her eyes, definitely she got done. Okay. Even the MCs clap at the end because everyone's just so relieved. We were all so nervous for this meeting and it, it went well. And so the next day they wake up, they're sharing some overnight oats. It's real cute. They're wearing their couple t-shirts. This is such an Asian thing. It is. I would never. Even Austin on the MC would be like, I would never do that. It's to me, it's cheesy. It's so cheesy. Yeah. They end their segment with him calling his mom in Hawaii. His mom seems very similar to him. Very jokey. It's very sweet. That was a nice way to end their segment. 
So another great episode of Love After Divorce. We move on to The Devil's Plan. The Devil's Plan, episodes three and four. We start episode three the day after the first games. They now have a taste of what they're in for. We are seeing the alliances carry over. We see actress, Guillaume, young poker player and actor. They've basically formed an alliance. They also, I think, between them have the most pieces out of everybody. The rest center around orbit. So I was curious to take on your take on this because the four, you know, the top, top dogs. dogs, they I think think that they're the smartest. The underdogs in interviews later say, "Oh, I didn't even feel like I could have broken into that mm-hmm. uh, alliance." And some of them, like the lawyer, she said, "I don't trust them." Mm-hmm. And I I was curious what you think that is. Like why do you think she doesn't trust them? Yeah, I agree with her. I I think they're just cunning. And you can't trust a cunning person. Yeah. Whereas Orbit has very much presented himself as a, you know, he has this communism thing going on. He does seem to be in it for others. The game is you roll the dice and you're trying to make your way around a a board, a mm-hmm. board game by skipping spaces based on what you roll, but you can go to jail. And then there's all these rules, personal rules that you can all make to influence the way the game is played right you could also roll yourself out of jail with a get out of jail roll there's also a special dice that you can make a rule about to get a special dice so that you can move further places right so that's that's the general gist of the game everybody who's not a top dog runs straight to orbit he is their he is their leader and everybody who is not a top dog they don't form other alliances they just go to orbit so now they have a huge majority and that turns out to be a big benefit in this game the game is so complicated you know at least with mafia in the first two episodes we've played it before so we generally know the rules we don't need to pay that close attention to how it works even that one was a bit confusing with like it was mafia on steroids it was on steroids but you're right we understood the premise right so we had at least a starting point. This game is a, a dice game rolling around a board game, which seems very simple, but the personal rules. The rules. Even I could understand some of the phrasing, but I was like, the the way they presented it was so confusing that I had to rewatch it three times. And even then, I can't really tell you what was going on until I watched it. And I was like, I guess. Does it matter? I, doesn't, Does didn't it didn't really matter. matter. Yeah. And I think this show is, from the viewer's standpoint, is really about the social and the political uh, relational yeah, the game dynamics. that you're playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's all in Korean. As a non-Korean, I have no idea what's going on. These rules are up on the board. No clue what it says. So I'm not even going to bother to explain it. There's no point. I think the biggest takeaway is that there is an interesting dynamic and an interesting narrative that is building here. These top dogs, Guillermo, actor, actress, young poker poker player, player. are being positioned as the top dogs because they were so strong in the last game that now the polar opposite, the guy on the other end of the magnet is Orbit. And he is playing this communist game. And so all the sheep flock to him. They all just go to him. Orbit and Chubby Sweater are painting themselves as underdogs well, because but, but of one game. Because of one game. But I also found it interesting that the young poker player was having a conversation with Chubby Sweater 
And he told him, I'm the underdog right now. Because he feels that he doesn't really have a lot of support. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting. Whereas I think the others see the, this foursome and recognize how smart Smart they are. are. It works. Orbit and Chubby Sweater paint themselves as underdogs. They recruit everyone to their side. Majority and teamwork wins the game. These fools are sharing. They're like so generous. Sharing all their cards with each other. Sharing all the skate tickets. And as a result, they all get each other to the finish line. And as a result of, I'd say, bad luck and bad strategy, Guillaume, one of the strongest players, is it got has got to go. Yeah. And it sucks. It sucks to see such a strong player leave. It almost made me think it didn't work in Netflix's favor to lose somebody so strong because I think he could have made the show very interesting. I know. And they're only there because of one person. Yeah. If it were up to Chubby Sweater, Chubby Sweater would not care about these people. He would use oh, them he, and toss them I aside. almost think Chubby Sweater is the sharkiest of of them all (laughs) there's the shark in uh the sheep in shark's clothing the sheep in shark's sweater vest (laughs) wait but can i tell you something that i saw because i've been like also going down these like youtube rabbit holes of these people and he was on some behind the scenes uh interview and he's like yeah you know i've been getting a lot of hate from 12 different languages like indonesian spanish like he's leaving all these places that people are writing him from he's like there's one thing in common they're all calling me fat stupid fat (laughs) stupid fat yeah and i and then he was like i used this time to go on a diet which i i think he probably is not bothered by that because he think in korean culture that is such a common thing to hear like if you have an ounce of fat on you someone especially your someone in your family will tell you it's time to lose that weight so but i i was like well how apt that we call him I, okay you're right i think i hesitate to make comments about women's looks yes. and body types but it, when it's a man i will just freely call you chubby and self-professed so you know i think <laughs> it's fine he's given us the green light so at this point there are people who are very confident these top dogs they think they don't need anybody and then there is this group of people who will find a leader and flock to him because they're not really sure about their strategy what do you think you would have done in this situation oh i i don't know that i am smart enough to have uh stood out in the same way that the foursome have because i think really without much effort the four of them have come out Mm -hmm. on top and people recognize how smart they are and i'm going to talk about one of them in a second but i think i may have ended up a little bit like a sheep or I I would like to think I could have been maybe a, a the lawyer but I think it's interesting because nobody goes in thinking they're a sheep yes I right? mean that's that's true yeah. right somebody like uh the 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 young announcer and um even maybe the middle-aged announcer like mm-hmm. I think they probably in they their own strong. right are mm-hmm. very strong yeah but when you're around a personality like Orbit maybe it is it is hard. This to is the cult of the personality, right? We have we've all worked with CEOs that are like, yes, anything the CEO says, yes. we're like, yes, cult of the personality and like mob mentality, mob mentality and like absolutely. if the masses go, you question yourself and your own abilities, and you're like, well, if everybody else is doing it, this must be the right thing. It's very interesting to watch a group of very smart people with self confidence fall into, into that. that. I will be so curious 
to find out who is the winner because I think Orbit to me has not displayed himself to be an incredibly smart person, at least. Yeah, I mean, I know he knows science and he's talking about it all the time, blah, blah, blah. But he hasn't stood out in the in the way that some of the others have. However, he has the charisma. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. Sometimes that's really all that it it's takes. It's messaging. Yeah. So we finish up the main match. Guillermo is gone. Tears are shed. Before the prize match, Go Player and Idol go to prison. Go Player is so thrilled to be there. First of all, she deserves to be there because she just had the worst luck in the dice game. But she's so thrilled to be in a cell with an idol. I, I mean. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Wouldn't you? That is actually so true. What are the chances of yeah, being this stuck? Woman, yeah, would have never. Never. And so in I thought it was dreams. so funny. The idol was like, oh, yeah. It looks really bleak in there, but probably training days at his idol training camp were very similar where they didn't give him any food and didn't let him change his underwear. They washed their faces over a trash can. If you were to be stuck in a prison cell like that for 18 hours, which celebrity would you want to be stuck with? That's a tough one. You know, the first person that came to mind, and I probably is some mental connection that I'm making here, but for whatever reason, I thought of Wentworth Miller from Prison Break because he's very know, handsome. He was in prison, but also he is so good looking. Mm -hmm. He's a shade. He's also one? he's the main guy. That's a but real. He's gay. He's gay. So there would have been no chance. So I don't. Oh, you're in there to hook up. I mean. <laughs> Okay, I gave you the choice to pick literally anybody. You pick the most D-list celebrity ever. But okay, total because tangent. He, because of his hotness, but he's gay, so you can't even hook up with him. What As is your... Let me, let me, re, let me um, re-answer that in a second, but let me tell you a tangent because the other guy that was in that show, Dominique Purcell. Okay. You are literally naming okay. people that none do you, of us you, do, know. you are clearly not as obsessed with Prison Break as I was. Anyway, Dominique Purcell, he is the bigger guy. Like he's, he, okay. he's like jacked and also shaved head. But he got married to Miley Cyrus's mom. Oh, he cured her yeah. achy breaky heart. Okay. <laughs> I would want to be with, I think I'm going more A-list. Maybe like an Adele. You know, like fun celebrities. Like a celebrity that you could like chat with she's all night. She's just going to sing you lullaby. She's going to, she just seems real and fun. Hello. Ooh, you know, and she's on a diet, so she'll like, <laughs> she's not eating her carbs, so she's going to give you her bread and her porridge. <laughs> or I was thinking, oh, you know, who's really fun? Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. She she'll her, have Ozempic yeah. all up it. Bring her Ozempic. She'll give you all you the food. She's not hungry. Prison looking so good. I can finally find out who's the baby daddy to her oh kids. My. Gosh, tell me it's BJ Novak. It has to be BJ Novak. It has to be, right? But I would get that answer. Yes. Okay, meanwhile, you're just with a gay guy in a cell <laughs> hoping he's going okay. to turn to hook up with you. you. Let me find a new person. <laughs> think harder. Think more A-list. I actually think I would want to be with somebody very smart. Like 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 a Huberman, like a guy. Where yeah, you can Andrew Huberman. You know, you're right, okay. Andrew Huberman. I don't need to sleep with him. I just yeah. want. Nobody just said all sleep with him. <laughs> Nobody said who would you pick to sleep with in a prison cell. I said you have 18 hours with somebody. <laughs> Sorry, that's just where went, my mind went. I want went. to try to sleep with a gay D-list actor. But I think you were actually you brought it up, Andrew Huberman. I would want to be stuck in a cell with him. Yeah, that's a good one for you. 
We then move to the prize match, which is a memorization game. This, again, not hard to explain, but seems impossible to pass. Just based on when that poster came out, I was like, how the heck are these guys going to do it? They basically have to memorize details from a five-panel poster Mm -hmm. of a hospital scene that they then will be quizzed on. But not just memorize the picture. You got to like make deductions. You have to make connections. Yeah, make certain connections from from one floor of the hospital to the other and different like names being being posted and finding that person and I I mean looked like so much fun I would have loved to do something like (laughs) that I would have hated it I gave me anxiety just looking at it although I did find the funniest part and the most Korean part about that picture was the chairman (laughs) on TV getting arrested for embezzlement or something that chairmans get arrested for in Korea but him getting out of his court date by faking a liver surgery yeah. and then like and you then see he was him. just eating lamyon in the hospital room covered in he had um like some kind of burberry uh <laughs> scarf scarf eating lamyon i'm like with a fedora the irony of just him eating lamyon so there was a show called hospital playlist that you and i watched oh, yeah. and there was a liver surgeon in this drama the one who had the son the one who had the son. Yes. Okay, so he is the liver surgeon in the show, and he's constantly getting inundated by liver oh, transplants. And I was like, right. and there's just patient after patient coming Wait, in, super yellow. And they're all no, and like kind of like tan looking. <laughs> so like, tan. Apparently, so if yellow. you're tan in Korea, that means you have a liver problem. <laughs> you're either working in the fields yeah. or you have a liver problem. Well, it's because they eat too much ramen out there. Too much ramen and all that soju. Lawyer gets up but there. But the lawyer. She kills She it. kills that. She was so impressive. She wins the prize match for everybody, answers every single question with confidence. She is so impressive. So I checked out her Instagram. Uh-huh. If you want to see some really nice looking boobs. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> She's pinned it to the top of her Instagram. So she wants you to see. She will not bury those boobs. Go look. It's Danielle38. She's 40 years old. It's a verified account. So it should be her. She's looking just fabulous. I know. She's been very covered up. They probably made her because they were like, the, the other contestants can't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, um, it's too, maybe that'll be a strategy. That should be her strategy. Mm-hmm. She opens up oh, her shirt and uh, no one can play, pay attention anymore. Ha Jin, the actor, he has his own YouTube channel, of course. And he brings several of the cast members of the show to the Netflix studio in Korea. And they rewatch it together and they like, Kind of like this, kind of like do a mm-hmm. behind the scenes recap kind. She said there that she has a bit of a photographic memory. Oh, she must. Guillaume said that when he was saying goodbye, he told the young poker player, he's like, you have the ability to win. And he told him like, you know, I'm rooting for you. And then he went to the actor, Hasakjin, and he's like, help him win because you, have, you already have a lot of money. Oh. You don't need to win this game. <laughs> Set this guy up. Yes, he apparently also, I looked him up and he's married to a Korean woman. Oh. Oh, okay. and, they, and recently had a baby. I mean, that's that's why he was living in Korea yeah, for you, the last two nobody, decades. No man moves to Korea just for the culture. Right. They're there for <laughs> wife hunting. Stanky kimchi. Yep. Okay, so that was pretty much episodes three and four. Not much betrayal. A lot of just 
Teamwork. Boring. Working together. Generosity. <laughs> pouring. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Let's up the ante next week, guys. We can't wait for next week. Episodes five and six of Devil's Plan. We'll also have the penultimate episode of Love After Divorce. Can't wait to recap it with you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, or if you're one of the six friends we expect to have listened, please subscribe, rate, and review us. 